a Christian Circle podcast and you're listening to Pamela Fernandez where we have conversations about Christian living. Here's the show. So yes, I'm Kelly Mahoney. Um, I, I basically, I think before I talk specifically about my ministry, I should tell a little bit about where I've come from and, and how I got in, involved in my faith specifically. Um, so as a Christian, I worked uh, with youth. When I first graduated from college, I worked with um, mainly teens who were in trouble. I was a probation officer and a detention officer, and I kind of fell in love with working with youth at that point, but I wasn't a Christian at that point. I grew up in a Jewish-slash-Catholic household where my parents definitely instilled in us a belief in God, but not necessarily a specific faith. So I spent a lot of my formative years kind of exploring a lot of different faiths and a lot, a lot of different paths to God um, with the that one day I would determine which specific path I would take. Um, and, and I think that actually helped me later. I was talk- talking to a lot of youth who were struggling with their faith and struggling with the things they were going through in their walk with God because I was able to see um, a little bit outside the box of, of necessarily kind of, you know, I, I was able to experience life outside of just the church itself mm-hmm. and just this like strict little restrictions that everyone kind of places on themselves and kind of get creative in, in how they could live their life for God. And, and I had that background, too, in dealing with, with kids who are seriously troubled in their lives and, and had some live their lives in crisis. And I did that for about 10 years. Um, and, but to overcome dealing with that, I also worked with kids who were very involved in their church and very involved with God. I worked for my church for several years. I was a youth um, leader for about 10 years. And when I moved away from my home church, I wanted to find a way to stay involved in youth ministry while I tried to find a new church to in the place that I moved to. So I started writing for Christian teens and I, and I really felt like that's what God was continuing to call me to. And I did that for several years, two to three years ago, God calling me to something new, which was to start speaking to single Christian women. I felt like this was kind of about a couple of years before the me too movement really started happening but I felt like the, I, I was speaking to a lot of women in their 30s and 40s who were dealing with questions about whether or not the church was speaking to them and, and how they could stay connected to God when a lot of churches were speaking about very traditional families and, and they were single and they didn't have kids and they felt very judged or they felt like they weren't being preached to and trying to connect them to God. And, and God was really leading me in that direction. So I've spent the past couple of years kind of building up um, a new ministry to speak to them in some of the ways that I spoke to kids who were, you know, building up their faith back when I was doing very specific youth ministry. So that's kind of where I am in my ministry right now. I think this is one of your older posts where you wrote about overcoming temptations and you aimed it towards teenagers. But uh, this whole month now, we're going to be talking about overcoming temptations. Before we go into the steps, can you tell us why exactly it's important that we should overcome temptations? And is it natural to actually have them? 
look, temptation is natural. Even Jesus was tempted. You know, the clearly states the devil came and tempted Jesus. And I, I don't think anyone should be ashamed of being tempted. Mm-hmm. It, it happens to every single one of us, no matter what age we are. You know, it, a child is tempted by, you know, the candy that sits in, in the cabinet or the cookies that are on the counter. Mm-hmm. And an adult is tempted by the movies and things they see on TV. Temptation is natural. It's what you do with it that matters. It's how you react to it that matters. And and I think that's, that's kind of what inspired the article. And while the article is geared a little bit toward Christian teenagers, it's global enough that anybody can take the lessons in it and apply them anywhere in their life. And, and it comes, it stems from biblical applications. And that's the blessing of the Bible mm-hmm. is that the, the things that are in the Bible, anybody can take at any age in their life and apply it to where they are in their lives. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes we, we get it and we complicate, but if you t- take the Bible down to its simplest tenets, you can apply it anywhere you are in your life. And, and that's the that's the point of these these steps. And they're not necessarily all just steps. It's like you don't go one, two, three, four, five down the steps. You can you can apply any one of these things at any point in time toward any temptation in your life. So the first one you wrote was to identify what your temptations are. So what exactly is this? Do you do you uh, look at what's happening in your life or do you evaluate? So what what exactly goes on with this? So I the thing with temptation is to 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 overcome temptation and, and to to I think what I would call live more godly or live more biblically is to identify the things that lead you away from God, mm-hmm. and to do that you have to be a little more introspective and you have to to examine yourself. And so I think in order to overcome temptation, you need to know what those temptations are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to know what's leading you away from your your Christian walk. What's what's pulling you away if you are tempted. Are you tempted by gambling? Are you tempted by drinking? Are you tempted by, you know, nudity? Are you tempted by, you know, the, the visuals you see in advertisements? Are you know what's what's tempting you away? What what are the things that are pulling you away from your faith? Um, and sometimes that means you sit in prayer and you talk to God about it. Sometimes it means you journal them. Sometimes it just means you know sitting down in a quiet room and thinking about it. And sometimes it's just really obvious. And you're going to just know what is very tempting, but but getting a little bit introspective can really help you on your walk. And it's a good thing you mentioned prayer because that's your your second step when you say you need to pray about temptations. So how does someone go about praying uh, specifically for temptations? I mean, we always pray for things like we need, you know, we need that house, we need that job, or whatever. <laughs> how do you pray for temptations? Well, I'm a big believer that prayer isn't just about going to God for what you need. Prayer is also just about kind of a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I, me, I like to pray in conversation with God. Like I tell him about my day and I'm just like, Hey, this stuff happened today, God. And you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And sometimes it's about solutions and sometimes it's just about sharing. Um, but sometimes it's just about asking God to help identify the temptations what sometimes it's about saying, Hey God, I, I don't know, don't know. So show me, mm-hmm. um, but also asking him to come into your life and, and maybe remove the temptation. Maybe it's about giving you strength in the situations. Cause sometimes you can't always remove yourself from a situation where you're going to be tempted. So you're in a group setting and that girl you like walks in and you're going to be tempted to do something. 
it's you're you're not always going to be able to completely remove yourself from things. So how do you you know you 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 need to ask him to help you overcome that? Or sometimes it's helping you break off relationships that are hard to break off. So you you need to ask him in prayer. So yeah, it's it's sometimes prayer is really important. Relationship is really important. The the thing about uh, the thing that you mentioned before was removing yourself from temptation as well. Does this really help? I mean, it's your third step. Do you can you really avoid temptation in that sense? I think you can um, on certain things. Mm-hmm. You can't avoid every temptation in your life. If you know if you're tempted by advertisements, it's look, it's everywhere. You're not going to be able to avoid it. I mean, you walk down the street, there's 17 billboards. You can't avoid certain things. If you're if you're tempted to gamble, you know, going to a more adult scenario, if you're tempted to gamble, maybe you don't go to Las Vegas. You know, if you have that option, that might not be the vacation spot for you. So it, it's about making the right choices if you can. Um, it, it's, it's, it's an option if, if you can do it. So that's why I say these are these are either steps or options you can take. So avoiding temptations is always a good idea if it's if it's a choice you can make. Um, if you know if you're sex t- with your boyfriend or and, and then maybe you don't hang out in a dark, quiet room alone together. That you know stay in public places, hang out there. It's it's making choices that don't put you in in a scenario where temptation is easy to because it makes it really easy and we it makes it so easy to give in to those bad choices because those bad choices feel really good in the moment and they don't always feel great later after after you've given it and you've talked about um, using the bible for inspiration so is this only about learning from the life of jesus or is it learning from everybody else people who've made mistakes uh, given into temptation and even those who have been able to battle it out from everybody. So, you know, I, one of the things I love about the Bible, there are plenty of stories of people who've made mistakes. Yeah. Um, and, and I have another, it's one of my favorites about, you know, overcoming your past mistakes because we all make them. I've made plenty. I've got laundry lists of all my mistakes, but it's learning from them. And the Bible gives us a lot of inspiration from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Jesus is sinless. So we can learn how to be better from Jesus, but we can also learn how to be better from, you know, other people who gave in to temptation, gave in to temptation. You know, you look at Lot's wife who turned around and, and looked at Sodom and became a pillar of salt. These are people who gave in to the temptations and faced the consequences of them. We, we can learn from those things. Maybe we're not going to turn into pillars of salt, but we will deal with consequences for some of our behaviors. It's, it's also getting inspiration of how we can gain strength. And one of the quotes I use is from First Corinthians. And one, one of the I like is, is talking about trusting God, that God won't let, won't let us be tempted too much. And that he will show us how to escape from our temptation. And that doesn't mean that God gives us only one escape because he knows we make our mistakes. So maybe this time we make a mistake, but maybe next time we get another escape from our end because we've learned a lesson. Mm -hmm. It's not like we make one mistake and God goes, nope, I'm writing you off. 
he's going to give us other opportunities to learn and to grow and to change. So we can use the Bible for that type of inspiration too. And then you talk about using the buddy system. So what is this like? You share your temptations with other people or is it that you're just accountable to them when it comes to uh, the things that you want to overcome? It's both. I think I think girls tend to use it a lot more, I think, than boys do. We, we're notorious for it. We're like, you know, it, everyone jokes about well you know why do you guys always have to go to the bathroom together and why do you guys other to each other's hips but we we use a buddy system a lot because we find members is more accountable to each other a lot of times and i think that's a lesson that a lot of people can take from this when you talk to other people about what you're struggling with they can help hold you accountable to those things they can also help you identify when you're falling into your temptations or about to make a bad choice. That's that's huge because sometimes you don't see it in yourself when you're heading down a certain path. I've had friends of mine tell me, you know what, maybe you don't want to go meet that guy for coffee because you know what, he's not a good influence on you. Or you know what, maybe that's not a good interview because that job might not be the right for you. And they'll call me up, you know, and I do the same thing for them. Like, um, maybe that restaurant isn't the right thing because you've been you know, trying to stay healthy for so long and they serve the best milkshakes in town. So, you know, it, it's staying accountable to the things that tempt you and having good friends that, that will call you out on it and, and, and keep an eye on you. And buddy systems are great for accountability. And it's also a good thing to have spiritual friends in that sense, isn't it? Uh, not just friends who will rise with you, but friends who have the same spiritual values and same, I don't know, uh, moral values in that sense. Exactly. And they'll pray for you. And they'll, you know, even when you're not together, they're going to pray for you. And they'll ask God to be, you know, looking out for you and looking over you and providing you guidance. It's a wonderful thing. So you also mentioned um, positive language. Now, um, is this self-talk or is this what you hear from other people or what you pray, what kind of language are you talking about here? It's mostly self-talk. I think the way we talk to ourselves when we're about to face certain situations is incredibly important. When you're about to go into a situation and you're like, I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with this. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're already setting the stage that you're going to fail. Yeah. So you're, you're already setting the stage that God that God isn't strong enough to help you through it, you know, but if you're setting the stage of God's going to get through this, I'm strong enough. He's given me the strength. I can do this. Then you're already overcoming the temptation by telling yourself, you've got this, you got it. And, and so you using positive language, telling yourself you're good enough because God made you that way. God is good enough because he's strong enough because he is. It goes so far in helping you overcome that temptation. Positive language is is incredibly powerful. And if you read through the Bible, God uses that that powerful positive language in a lot of situations where his people overcame huge obstacles. Like he, he would just, you know, he's like, he, you know, Jericho, just walk around seven times, walk around. And they're like, really? And he's like, just walk around, do it. Not well, if you walk around, maybe the walls will come down, whatever. It's, there's no there's no joking around. He was just like, do it. And the walls came down. Like, it's just matter of fact, 
act and it's showing his strength and we need to rely on that. So we using the using language that is powerful for ourselves and godly for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And using it for other people too when they hear us talking about it that way when they see that power of God, it's it's a huge light to other people. It's contagious almost. Yeah. Yeah, faith faith is contagious. Positive faith and they see the power of faith, it, it does so much more than just preaching it. When you're living it, it goes so far. You also mentioned um, giving yourself alternatives. Now, I really didn't get this one. I mean, I know that you mentioned it, you explained it, but um, how is this different from avoiding temptation? So avoiding for me, is just like completely taking yourself out of the equation. This one was more, I think, about, it was a little bit more wishy-washy here. And it, it talked about, like, maybe you're in this situation, but you find a way to kind of skirt around things a little easier. Like, but like a big temptation for us is to lie about situations. And I think that's the example I use. And, you know, there some people are just, plain old blunt and they'll just lie and they just won't care and then but you know lying isn't really something we should be doing and but at the same time you don't necessarily want to hurt people's feelings so you're like okay how do I do this do I just green dress is just terrible well no because then she might take it personally so you have to find a way I talk a lot about tact yeah. Here, it's like, don't lie, but also don't just, you know, hurt her feelings. Just maybe be like, oh, maybe a blue dress would might be better because it would really bring out the pretty pink tones in your skin or something like that. You know, couch it in something positive, but find a way around the temptation to just lie to get it over with um, and handle it that way. So it, it, it's similar to avoiding the temptation, but not completely removing yourself from the situation. And what does somebody do when they do give in? I mean, there are times where, you know, we're weak as we are human. And then what happens when you do give in to temptation? Well, we all do. I mean, there none of us are perfect. None of us are. I mean, like I said, I've got my laundry list of mistakes that I've made in my life. Um Look, the the key is to turn to God, know we're going to make mistakes, um, and and to turn those mistakes over to God and figure out how we're going to not make those mistakes again. And yes, sometimes we make another mistake that's very similar, but to keep striving to be better and keep trying to make it better and keep turning things over to God to help make us better and to open ourselves up to God, because that that's that was the purpose of of Jesus. Jesus came to take our sins away. Does that mean we live sinless lives? No, but it's to absorb the sins that that we commit. Um, but God knows our hearts. And if we have hearts to try and not sin, he understands that. It doesn't mean we're going to live lives without consequences for what we do. Um, I live with a lot of guilt for the things that I've done. Um, but I strive every day to be better and I hope that other people do too. And and that's what I encourage a lot of, especially a lot of the teens and people that I've worked with in my, in my life on their spiritual walks. I encourage them just keep trying to be better. 
every day you'll get a little bit better. Every day overcoming overcoming that temptation will just get a little bit easier. You're not likely you're not going to overcome that temptation in one day and it's just going to disappear tomorrow. I've worked with a lot of addicts in my time and they say, you know, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. But over time, coping with that addiction, they've they develop tools and they, you know, and abilities to live with that addiction and get around it and and not fall back into it. And temptation is very similar to that. You're always going to be tempted, but you develop tools to deal with that. And look, when you do fall, you get back up, you pick yourself up, you turn it over to God and you try again. And and that's that's the human condition. And that's I think you know, God loves us and you just need to remember God loves you just as you are. You just need to keep turning it over to him. That's that's really good, especially since you brought up uh, addiction. Um what does somebody do when they realize well now they need help there's specifically certain uh temptations and certain uh addictions which have a deep seated problem in in people whether it's their past whether it's their childhood or abuse so when does somebody have to go and seek help i think anybody who feels that they can't control something needs to seek help i am not i i am not a professional addiction counselor i am not you know, certified in, in anything addiction related. I worked with a, I worked with addicts in a in a different sort of way. So I'm I'm not coming from I, I'm not coming from that type of professional background. But I would what I would say is if you feel you need help and you can't do it on your own and, and I don't care what the temptation is or what the addiction is or what anything is, if you feel you can't handle it on your own seek someone out to get you help, whether it's a pastor or a parent or a counselor, you know, find someone to help, to help you through it. You know, a friend who, who maybe it's just a friend to talk to, or, you know, if it's drugs, if it's alcohol, there's a not, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, there's all kinds of meetings you can go to seek, seek out help because there's people out there who are more than willing to lend a helping hand. Always. And, and and to me, this is this is where I say, you know, God has given us tools and people, you know, people and doctors and medicines to help us through these things. I believe that God has provided those tools for us to help get us through these things. It's it's you know, God can do anything, but he uses the people around us to help us through through those those things. Is there any specific advice that you have for people who are struggling with temptation right now any tips any tips <laughs> um <laughs> besides everything we just went over yeah. um, <laughs> i i would just say you know be kind to yourself be kind to yourself you know we can be really hard on ourselves when we're being tempted and we can feel like the temptation itself is is wrong um, but be kind to yourself and open yourself up to the fact that there there are ways to get around it. There are ways to deal with it. And, 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 and don't limit yourself to what God is trying to do in your life. That, that's what I would say right now. And God loves you. <laughs> that's the other thing. God loves you. And um, where can people find you? I mean, if they want to um, get in touch with you or write to you. Where can people find you online? 
I, I think the easiest way to find me right now is um, I do have a Christians. It's christiansingleladies.com or on Instagram at christiansingleladies. Those are the two best places to find me at the moment. I am on Facebook um, also at Christian Single Ladies and um, Twitter at CSL underscore tweets. This was great. Thank you so much for having me on. This is wonderful. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this.